Welcome back to season three of TIPCO Tech Talks. My name is David Rosen, and I'm the host of this series of conversations between TIPCO executives and data-centric thought leaders from across the globe. Today's conversation features TIPCO's general manager of analytics, Mark Palmer, and Javier de la Cruz, the managing director for CAF Digital Services. CAF, Javier's company, built subway, suburban, and high-speed inner-city trains, as well as many of the services related to train and railway operations. These services have never been more important than now, as the riders and operators deal with the challenges of both traditional day-to-day -day operations and the heightened levels of safe operations in the COVID world. Recently, Mark sat down with Javier to dive into these and other topics of analytics, insights, and automation. I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. You're listening to Tech Talks by Tipco. All right. Hi, everybody. I'm Mark Palmer from Tipco. I'm joined today by Javier de la Cruz. Uh, he's the managing director of CAF Digital Services. Welcome, Javier. Hi, thank you, Mark, for having me. So, you know, I'm really excited about this conversation because, um, you know, when people hear the word automation, they often go to a dark place. They think about lost jobs, they think about the robots taking over. But the story of Javier's company, uh, which is a Spanish rail solutions company, CAF, for, the, for those that don't know them, it's a really fascinating story to me because it's, uh, it shows the positive side of automation and analytics. You know, CAF builds subways, suburban, and high-speed inner-city rail uh, systems, um, as well as other train and, and railway-related services. I, I, I think of it in, my t in terms of trainalytics is the way I, I kind of think of what they do. So, um, you know, so with that, with that, I wanted to ask, Javi, maybe to give us a little bit of your background, um, you know, and especially, you know, what, you know, how you came to working at CAF and you know what's your your passion of why you why you love what you do, which I think is uh, it's a fascinating uh, uh, mission that you have. So mm -hmm. yeah, maybe, maybe take us through that. Yep, I uh, I'm a passionate of for the automotive industry. I did uh, study engineering, industrial engineering, specialized in uh, automotive uh, or mobility solutions, and then I did came to work to CAF in, in Zaragoza, the place uh, in which I was born. Uh, and it was in an area of warranty service. Every train is always delivered with a warranty, which is usually lasting during two years. I did start it there. Then I did move to Brussels. Uh, Brussels, uh, it was a project in, there's a society there which was buying uh, 15 trains, 15 metro trains, and we did perform the warranty there. And so from then, we, I did change to several different uh, uh, positions. I did change to engineering uh, responsible for after sales, uh, fixing what was not working in different fleets of CAF. And then five years uh, let's say in 2015, 2016, something like that, I did move to the digital area in which I'm actually working. 
Okay, yeah, cool. And Javi, talk about your passion. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I, I loved your story about. I mean, first you started with Renault in the automobile industry. What you know, what what is it that gets you up early in the morning and <laughs> to go to work, or or late in the morning or late at night, whatever um, uh, about your job? Uh, I do love the. We, we are working in the intersection of railway, big data, uh, cloud, and the late, latest technologies. So we are, and I am passionate about about that. That we are able to see now things that we weren't able to see like five years ago. We are able to to improve reliability and availability and energy consumption of trains uh, faster than ever before. Uh, I'm passionate about the product or the service we are delivering when the clients that we are having in front of us tell us we can no longer imagine dealing with a fleet or several fleet of trains without having uh, the, the real-time streaming data and analytics you are providing. And that, that's, that, that's uh, awesome for us. Yeah, no, I, it's... Uh, it's it's so cool to hear it positive. You know, I think people that use automation, it's a very, you know, it, it has all these benefits, but it is, uh, we'll talk about uh, job displacement a bit, maybe in a, in a, in a little bit. Talk about uh, more about what you do. So you do some really interesting stuff with analytics. And of course, you use Spotfire from, from our company. Um, and particularly, you've done really interesting stuff in the face of COVID. I'm always fascinated by how people react and um, and sort of adapt in the face of what's going on right now. So, so talk talk about how you apply big data and analytics to, um, to you know to the, the the train industry. Yeah, yeah, Mark. So, because we have identified several use cases, some of them are, are related with reliability, and some others are related with safety. Uh, but it's true that one of them is related with uh, COVID nineteen, and why is that? Is <laughs> Because our operators, our end client, are asking us, okay, if you are able to count passengers, if you are having a system which is able to count passengers, why you don't send us this information per coach and per train and, and per fleet so that we can manage with that information uh, safety-related issues related with uh, passengers, meaning that they are able to manage uh, the information we give them, and as an example, they're able in Northern Arriva in United Kingdom, they're able to send that information to the next uh, stop so that they're going to show in an information panel the amount of passengers that the train are going to have. So the passengers are going to decide whether they uh, hop in or not, or they may choose the car the coach of the train, they want to enter in so that they are not going to enter into a coach which is crowded, right? So that, that's, it's true that we have identified a use case, an analytic use case for COVID-19. Yep. It's, it's really amazing. And real-time data and all the stuff we talk about, it's such a great example. And I wish you could put your system in all the bars and restaurants here in my local city so I can find <laughs> out which ones were the most crowded. But, uh, and, I, and I definitely, I, but I think it, it really is such a great example um, you know, for something that touches everybody, right? Like with public transportation and uh, how do we get back to some sense of normalcy? And I, I, I'm imagining that application is going to be super uh, important <laughs> cool. for your business uh, going forward. Mm -hmm. We'll talk a little, let's geek out a little bit here. Talk a little bit about how 
um, you know, there's a couple parts of your story that are fascinating to me. Number one is kind of how you guys use the cloud um, to get that data from the IoT fabric, you know, from the trains effectively and into these yep. intelligence systems. Um, mm-hmm. Can you take us through your uh, a high level trip through your journey, a, a day in the life mm-hmm. of an IoT uh, uh, update yep. from a train? Yep. So uh, let's say that our platform, lead main platform, it, everything starts with a uh, hardware, a, a kind of a PC box that we're going to install in every train. And so everything is starts sending two streamings of data. One stream of data is real-time information. So we're going to send every second different alarms and different information coming out of the trains. Uh, let's say that in every train, uh, it can be we can have from 10,000 to 15,000 different sensors, data points, informations. So one streaming of data is that, the real-time information. Uh, that kind of information is helpful for the different roles of the organizations, uh, mainly the operators that are in a control room, that are the guys that need to control every train, where they are. If there is a, a service affecting failure, then they need to act in seconds or in minutes in order not to affect the next train, which is coming. And so the second streaming of data is a, is a batch one. Uh, in that streaming of data, what we're going to send is every alarm being generated and every information being generated in the train to uh, S3 uh, bucket in Amazon Web Service. And so from that point, we're going to create a data lake. And once we create a data lake, we, we're able to serve Spotfire. We're able to serve the meaning, the information, the output of the use case, something which is going to be helpful for the safety or for the passengers or for the reliability of trains. Mm-hmm. Real, that's it, it, great. So all the trains connect up through um, Amazon through into this um, infrastructure. And talk about <clears throat> the other piece of technology I think is really fascinating was or is how you use sort of com- computer vision, you know, to, to to assess equipment, you know, like the wheels. I guess, I, I imagine are very very expensive and ex- particularly expensive to fix <laughs> on a train, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I read that you have improved the uh, lifespan of those, or have optimized those that you've improved them up by one hundred fifty two percent over five years. You know, what, can you talk about how you go you accomplish that through um, you know through a technological analytics driven approach? Mm-hmm. Um, wheels are uh, steel wheels, right? Um, and every wheel is going to cost kind of 1,100 euros, something like that. So if we are actually having 40 different, different maintenance contracts, we're talking about thousands and thousands of wheels uh, servicing uh, in different countries and in different projects. And uh, it is uh, it is interesting to know that uh, wheels are one of the systems which is uh, the more expensive to, to maintain. And so let's say during eight years, we can spend kind of 30 million euros maintaining and changing wheels. So if we improve at 10%, we're going to save 
3 million euros in eight years. And if we improve at 20%, then for sure, okay, we're going to save 6 million euros. Uh, and it is interesting for us to use the computer vision to automate the measurement of the geometry of the wheels so that then we can use that information in order to improve uh, what we need to improve in terms of dynamics of the train or wheel length of the train to to reach the higher amount of millets that the wheels need to cover. So it is actually one of the, the main cases, main useful analytics output. Yeah. So talk about some of the, it's a great example. I've never, 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 this is the longest conversation I've had about wheels in my life. It's just, but it's, my gosh, the, you add it up and $30 million of expense. It's, uh, it's really makes a lot of sense to, to, to automate some of that. But can you, it, can you talk about those applications again? You know, I'm, one of the fascinating things here is mm-hmm. how much automation mm-hmm. and real time data is happening. Yet you're building applications for human beings, right? So even in the face of, Tremendous automation and capabilities through IoT. You're 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 providing that human link. So maybe talk about some of the other applications that you guys build with Spotfire and um, some of the kinds of insights you're trying to give to the sort of the knowledge worker and the operators and uh, and the implications of all that. Mm-hmm. Um. So our, our main business is the maintenance contract. And in a maintenance contract, we're going to have a human, uh, we're going to have hours for sure of different roles, different people of the organization. We're going to spend materials. We're going to, we're going to do, we're going to need to do a lot of things, right? Uh, so, but we need to do the right things at the right time with the required knowledge. And so that that's, where the Spotfire and the analytics enter into the game, into the field game. Uh, we were able to, what we did like kind of six years ago was we stopped the fleet, we stopped the train, and we proceed measuring things and, and checking some of the things on the systems, traction controls and, and braking controls and so on. But what big data analytics and Spotfire help us doing now is we're able to do those checks daily, right? So we're able to check the temperature of HVACs, the performance of traction controls and, and brake controls, so that we are no longer no longer in need of stop uh, any train. So we provide better availability. The, the client is going to be exploiting the trains, taking passengers, be more reliable, and we're able to re-skill people. It's not a question of fear because automation is, is uh, arriving, but it's more like reshaping the future, right? Or using same people to do uh, best things and to provide mm-hmm. best service, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's constantly... I heard a quote the other day that they said the bad news spreads fast, six times faster than good news. So sometimes I feel like the, the loss of jobs is the thing that that spreads so fast. But then you hear stories like this, and it's like you know, no, we're we're really adapting, and you know, the 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 roles almost become a little bit more. I see this. I live in New York, and I see this in banking a lot. You know, the traders here will tell you that the human 
driven trading is in a lot of you know most of the time they always beat computers right because they're just automating things mm-hmm. right so so but it's working together and it's a balance that's so important that's uh that's great i love your examples um well let's let's just wrap it up with one more uh question which is look into the future a little bit you know um clearly you're already automating a lot of things you're already enabling you know sort of the human creativity and the human side of um you know you know an important industry that touches everybody right but where do you see where do you see it all going what's the kind of the next steps and of course I got to ask you the question here on 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 recording, which is when am I going to have a driverless car so I don't have to drive? You know, when we go all get back to commuting, like when when is that going to happen? Can you put look into your crystal ball and let me know? But talk about what, how you see the future unfolding, particularly for your uh, industry. And if you got to guess at my yeah. car, then go for it. Mm-hmm. I would love to have a, a, an automatic car, not not a, a one with an automatic gearbox, but a one which is gonna drive by itself, right? I don't know if it is gonna be here in, in five years or in, in eight years, right? But what what I know is like out there, the administrations that are buying different kind of trains are asking us to provide them with. Uh, uh, more automated automated metros, and, and we've been delivering uh, different automatic metros for Turkey, Brussels, and Santiago de Chile as as, as examples. And, and we are seeing the administration, uh, different administrations of different countries all over the world, from Europe to uh, Australia, asking us to deliver uh, trams that are able to drive themselves within the within a workshop or are able to detect uh, passengers or detect cars so that they're gonna avoid uh, right the tram crossing a, a, a car so we, we I think the uh, automation is is unstoppable uh, and thanks to 5g thanks to the cloud and thanks to different kind of analytics and, and technology we are much closer to to deliver that. We, we've talked about uh, computer vision to measure wheels, but uh, we're going to deliver in real time, real soon to Serbia and in Docklands in the United Kingdom, let's say a portal with which the, the train are going to pass uh, through the portal and we are automatically going to measure the pantograph, the 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 body of the train itself so that we're gonna detect anomalies automatically and we are not 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 gonna be obliged it's no longer going to be mandatory to stop trains to uh, visually inspect things that we can do better and faster uh, all the way it's really amazing you know throughout the whole thing it's all about you know better safety better riding experience right you know um doing things you know more you know, trains out of service less i mean it's all just such a great positive story about automation and analytics and and what it can help us do so well look this Avia, this is fantastic thanks so much for spending time with us here uh we love your story thanks for being a great partner of ours and um and uh, yeah, just thank you for sharing your story with us. Thanks, Mark, and thanks, uh, Tipco. Thanks uh, to Tipco. We've, we've been able to improve several things and to improve the uh, client satisfaction. So, so thanks to you. Thank you very much. 
Yeah, yeah, we're very, very happy to help. Seth, thanks a lot. And uh, I guess we'll be signing off. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Mark and Javier. And thank you for joining Tipco Tech Talks. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did, please leave a review where you downloaded it. It will help others find and enjoy this and our subsequent episodes. You've been listening to Tech Talks by Tipco. Stay tuned for more innovation-filled episodes. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and leave a review.